You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome in, D.C. It's just past noon here in the District of Columbia. Toby Altizer with you right up till Nationals Baseball. Usually we kick it to Charlie and Dave for Nats on Deck. Today we're going to kick it to them in the bottom of the third. Leave two outs in the bottom of the third. I'm looking at it. Two outs, bottom of the third, 3-2 count. So whoever comes in for Trevor Williams, who's not going to pitch again today, better come in and throw a strike. (laughs) Otherwise, you're walking Paul Goldschmidt. Looks like there's a runner on first with two outs. Full count. Arenado coming up to the plate next on deck. So we'll see what happens. But that comes up in about two hours. I'm riding with you up until then. So make sure you keep the radio dial right here on 106.7 The Fan. We're also simulcast over on the Team 980 and live and free anywhere on the Odyssey app. If you want to hop in on the conversation, feel free. 800-636-1067. On the MGM National Harbor listener lines, again, Toby Altizer with you up until Nationals Baseball. If you want to tweet at me, at Toby, T-O-B-I underscore A-L-T-I-Z-E-R. Make sure you give me a follow on there, tweeting about all things sports, especially here in the district. So you want to give me a follow on Twitter. So some things that we want to get into today. At 1230, I want to get into some audio that I heard from around the 4th of July. I haven't heard anyone on the station talk about this. But it was July 5th, out in San Francisco. Rick Buecher was on the game out in San Francisco talking about Jordan Poole and that whole situation. Got some interesting thoughts on what Buecher had to say. We'll play that for you coming up at 1230. At 1 o'clock, want to get into this NBA in-season tournament. I'm going to explain to you why it's stupid. <laughs> it's, just, it's just dumb. It's just plain dumb. We'll get into that at 1 o'clock. At 1.30, leading up to the Nationals game, we'll get into some things that I'm looking for here in the second half for the Nationals. But I want to start with something that came out this week, and that's this quarterback series on Netflix. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about in this time frame, if you've you know watched this series, feel free to call in, but also the Playmaker series that The Athletic has done. Jordan Rodrigue talked with Matt LaFleur and... McVay and Shanahan and McDaniel. I know it, the first episode kind of, or first or second episode kind of dials into what all happened in Washington. I know it, maybe it's a little bit of a sore spot still for DC fans and Redskins fans, but it was really cool to hear that. But specifically, this quarterback series. If you've watched it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. 800 636 1067. So there are some things that have really stood out to me. Right away. And it's a really cool series. If you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, Netflix series that followed Patrick Mahomes, which grants you immediate credibility. If they would have just grabbed three random quarterbacks, then this probably doesn't get off the ground as much. It'd still be cool, but the casual fan probably isn't as invested because it's so-and-so. And then the second quarterback they had was Kirk Cousins, and the third one's Marcus Mariota. And Cousins is obviously... Uh, I would say a league average, above league average quarterback. Mariota, he's more backup level. But to get Patrick Mahomes on board was huge for them. I can't imagine the bag that guy got to do that series. But they followed these three quarterbacks around last season. And it was cool to see the various ins and outs 
of playing the quarterback position in the National Football League. Because we talk about this all the time. You know, football's an ultimate team sport. There's no doubt about it. But there's one position in particular that we talk about all the time as being the most important, and that's obviously the quarterback position. And sometimes you're like, well, is it is it really not? Or are they exaggerating it? I don't think you are. I think that quarterback is the toughest position in professional sports. And if you've watched this series, you start to understand why. The quarterback position's hard, man. And that's not even getting started with what happens on the field. The preparation that goes in for these guys is absolutely insane. If you've ever played football, you understand what I'm talking about with some of these play calls. I played football for one year, so I don't fully understand all this stuff, but they're going through it, and it sounds like they're reading off a math problem or they're reading out science talk, some gibberish that no one else understands. X, Y, Z, this, one, two, three, you know, all types of numbers, letters, occasional words, and they have to know what all this stuff means. And they have to know exactly what this applies for everybody in the offense. This isn't like Madden, right? Where you turn on a game and you say, all right, I want to run spread formation. I want this specific play. They'll call this one dagger, which means that the X receiver is going to run a 12-yard in, and the rest of the guys are runs running a shallow and runs running a go route. It, it, that's not how the NFL works in play calls. You know, it's not just like, Hey, run dagger. Hey, run all goes. You know, you have more complex play calls than that. So to first of all, understand the play calls, right? To understand basically this full sentence that you're hearing in a microphone in your helmet. It's not as if it's clear like you can hear on the radio. It's not as if it's clear like I'm talking to you right now on 106.7 The Fan or 980. It's in a radio like a walkie-talkie. You know it's not the easiest thing to always understand those things. And on top of that, you've got 50, 60, 70,000 fans all cheering if you're in an opposing stadium, screaming at you, trying to make it so you can't hear. So you cover your ear flaps as much as you can. You're trying to hear the play call. And you got to be able to recite that all in the huddle again. And then on top of that, you got to know what's happening. Each player... When it comes to the huddle, they're listening for their specific part. It's not as difficult if you're a wide receiver. If you're the X receiver, you know there's a specific part where he's going to lay out what your route is or what your responsibility is on that play. And you'll have practiced that play during the week and practice. You'll understand the little nuances with that route. But you're just listening for your route, right? You're listening for what you have to do. The linemen are listening for the protection. The running back's listening for his specific play or whether it's a gap in the run game or what he's run, you know, what their play is. They're listening for their specific responsibilities. The quarterback? No, he's got to recite all of it and he's got to understand what all of it means. Is it a run to the left or the right? Is it a play action? Is it a bootleg? Is it, where's my reads at? Am I going left to right here? Am I looking at the outside receiver? Am I looking to the slot? What coverage am I going up against? And on top of all that, in the time that I've explained this, we've already had three delay of game penalties because you only get 40 seconds in between each play. That's why the quarterback position is so hard. And so it's cool to see these guys go through it. You get Marcus Mariota sitting there with his wife, and they're going over the calls, and she'll read them to him, and he'll recite them back, just like you would hear in the helmet and being able to recite it 
in the huddle, and he's picturing what the play is, what his reads are. Kirk Cousins shows a part where he records the play calls on his phone to himself, and he'll do it on car rides and say, all right, recite the play to me. He'll hit play, and then he'll recite it back. Learning, you're essentially playing telephone in the huddle with the rest of your football team. And so obviously that's difficult on top of the fact that you see throughout the season following these guys, they take a beating. They take a beating. It was cool seeing Deron Payne put on a story. He's watching this quarterback series, and Deron Payne kind of delivers a knockout blow to Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota game. And Kirk has an air knocked out of him. He can't get up. He's like, man, this that does not feel good. Deron Payne pats him on the back and says, hey, man, you'll be all right. Eventually comes back in and throws a touchdown, I believe, on that drive. But you see the pain that they have to go through the training they have to go through. Patrick Mahomes is training for these various weird angles that he throws from. He's training his body to be in uncomfortable positions and listening to his trainer talk about how he specifically trains Mahomes maybe makes some sense why he could play through that high ankle sprain unlike a lot of other players. It may be that training that he go went through in the offseason and throughout the season was able to help him endure that injury a little bit better than other people. But it was really cool to see these guys in and out every week because this isn't a job, and really professional sports are as a whole are not, but specifically the quarterback position is not a job where you kind of just come into the office, go home, and leave the job at work, right? That's not the sort of thing that you do. You're bringing it home. You're studying at home. My favorite part of the series is Mahomes is in his basement. He's got his film study set up. And he's watching the Chargers. And they, they don't play the Chargers for another couple weeks. But he's like, yeah, I've already watched every Chargers game. I, I know what's going on with my in-division opponents. And he's looking at a specific guy and sees that this slot corner blitzes on this specific play. And he's trying to find the tells of, all right, they're not going to drop Bosa into coverage. So let me see what this means. Let me see if they're shifting with the motion. Let me see if they do all this. That's the kind of stuff I love to see. I wish there was more of an emphasis on that because I think at times as sports fans, and maybe I'm wrong because I'm the diehard and the casuals may not care as much, just the average fan, the guy that turns on the TV on Sunday and he can tell you who the quarterback is and he can tell you that Terry McLaurin is number 17, but he can't name you more than three or four players off the team. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I wish that, more sports coverage was along those lines where we're looking at film with Patrick Mahomes and we're diagnosing why they did this in this play. Almost like how ESPN has that detail series. They did it with Kobe for a while. They've done it with Peyton Manning where you're basically dissecting film. I wish there was more of that than the guys getting on TV and I think that blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't like that. I I don't love the hot takey stuff as much as Give me the X's and O's and give me the meat of what's going on on the field. What makes these guys special? What's so cool? And that's the other thing alongside this. I mentioned another series that has just come out from The Athletic called The Playmaker or Play Callers. Sorry, Play Callers. And that was really cool listening to Mike McDaniel and these guys break down plays. And Mike McDaniel mentioned a couple different times. I was listening to it on the way in this morning and he broke down one. And one that stood out to me yesterday was. He was talking about how they run a lot of bootlegs in that scheme. You know, you think about that offense. It's a a zone run scheme to the outside with some play action. 
and he was thinking about how he, they'd run a lot of bootlegs. You know, a fake run to the left, right-handed quarterback rolls out to his right. He's like, well, Green Bay's lining up with these wide defensive ends. They're not going to get there in time. Two is left-handed. What if I just throw the slant in behind it without running the bootleg? Still pretend like we're going to run to the left, but just throw the slant in behind there after it. And sure enough, they do that against Green Bay, and Waddle goes for like an 80-yard touchdown. Those are the sorts of things I wish we would focus more on rather than just speculating, arguing about whether LeBron or Jordan's better. Those are the sort of things I wish we could do because I think we could be a little more analytical. We could be a little more nuanced in conversations as opposed to just looking at stats and trying to understand why these guys are the way that they are, trying to understand why these players and these coaches have gotten to the spot where they're at. They don't have the same knowledge we have, right? They, they have way more than what we have. But I feel like with some of our sports coverage at times, we're not giving you anything. We're not teaching you anything. And that's one thing I like to try to do when I'm on the radio is try to help you understand. If you're a diehard, hopefully I can give you a little nugget. If you're a casual fan, hopefully I can explain what I'm going over in a way that you can understand it. But I never played these at a professional level. It'd be cool if we got more into the film side, and I appreciate some of what various players on different networks have done and some of the ways that they do that. But I think that this is really cool. We don't have tons of time to delve into it, but if you want to hop in and give us a call, 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it later in the show. But the one thing, too, that I want to talk about, if you want to hop in, is what are some other sports docu-series that you'd like to see? Because quarterback, I think, is really cool. We get to see why quarterback is the hardest position in professional sports. But what are some other ones that you want to see follow, like this quarterback series on Netflix? We'll talk about it next year on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, and anywhere on the live and free Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until we turn it over to Charlie and Dave in the third inning. Bottom of the third. 3-2 count, two out. Should I just do play-by-play of the first and second and up to the third inning for that 1 o'clock hour just leading up to it? Go back and replay the game, (laughs) but with my own play-by-play? Probably not. 
Probably not. And good, you don't have to hear that. You don't want to hear me doing play-by-play of baseball. It doesn't compare to Charlie and Dave. So make sure you keep it tuned here at 2 o'clock when we turn it over to Nats and Cardinals. But what we're talking about right now, you want to hop in 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, is this new quarterback series on Netflix. And I kind of gave you some of the bits and pieces that I liked about it. If you want to call in and give me your thoughts and what you've thought about the series, feel free. But also, what are some other docu-series that you'd like to see? So we see quarterback. We've seen them follow that. We saw the last dance. They follow the Bulls and what was that, 98? So you've seen some various sports docu-series that are really good. 30 for 30 from ESPN has tons of them that are good. A football life. What are some that you would like to see? Now, if we're thinking along these lines, there's a couple that I think about immediately if we're going along the same lines as this quarterback series where you're following specific players of a specific skill group throughout a season. The three that immediately jump out to me, I want to follow the offense and defensive line in the trenches because one thing you'll notice as you watch this quarterback series, specifically through the middle of the season and towards the end, is Kirk Cousins is just beat up, man. Kirk is just feeling it. Every hit he takes, he's feeling it. And he talks about at times you're, he, he's going into the game, he gets hit once, and he can't focus anymore on anything other than just doing his job. Adam Thielen comes up to talk to him and basically say, hey, what's the, did the nickel blitz here or did the nickel drop? Or And Kirk's like, yeah, whatever, man, I don't, whatever. <laughs> he couldn't focus on anything other than just doing his job because he was in that much pain. And that's really cool to see. It's cool to see how much of a beating these guys have to go through, especially in a 17-game season. Now think about other positions that get put on their butt all the time. Think about linemen hitting someone every single play. You know, a quarterback, you get hit, but not every play. And some of it is they're not... Prepared for the hits, some of that adds into the soreness and the injuries. The guy's getting hit in the ribs. He's kind of unprotected, whereas a lineman, for the most part, kind of knows where these guys are coming from. But every single play, a lineman is hitting someone. Every single play. And then on top of that, if you get beat, you're getting put on your butt. You're getting thrown on the ground. You got to get back up. You got to run down the field. And on top of that, too, if you're playing in the National Football League, These guys are carrying extra weight. How many times have we seen NFLers retire and then slim way down? Think of Joe Thomas. Think of Russell Okung. Think of some of these guys where they play in the NFL. They're playing over 300 pounds. They retire, and they look like a totally different person because that's not what their body's meant to look like. They're not meant to look like a 350-pound man. But that's what they put on to play in the NFL. They're putting through, they're going through crazy diets where they're eating six, seven, eight thousand calories a day just to gain weight and keep the weight on because it makes it a little more difficult to push a guy around when he's 340 as opposed to 290. That stuff is crazy. So could you imagine following these guys around? Could you imagine seeing them go through a day and what they eat, how they train, how they recover each and every week? How they go about preparing their bodies. Because sometimes we look at offensive linemen and you're like, well, they're just fat guys that aren't athletic. You could argue those are the most athletic guys on the field. Have you watched Trent Williams in open space just running down the field? 
That dude looks like a running back, and he weighs more than just about anybody on the field. And he runs just as fast. I think there were stories of him in Oklahoma, and they'd run races, and it was like him and Adrian Peterson at the front. And obviously Trent's a freak. He's the best left tackle in football. But that's a lot of offensive linemen that can move better than you'd think and are more agile than you'd think. And they're way bigger than anyone else on the football field. I'd love to see that. And then the defensive line, too. Like, how do these guys prepare? Aaron Donald's out here preparing with knife fighting. (laughs) That's how he's so good with his hands. I don't know that it's a real knife. It might be one of those rubber knives or whatever the case may be. But he's literally trading against the guy that's holding a knife so that he can win and hand warfare in the trenches. And think about learning how a guy like Nick Bosa is working on his get-off on the snap. Think about how Micah Parsons, I know he's not necessarily specifically a defensive lineman, but how he trains. I think that would be really cool. Let's get to the phones here. Let's get out to Colin, who is in Georgetown. What's going on, Colin? Hi, thanks for taking my call. I was just thinking about this topic the other day. I'm a big Orioles fan, and and we're lucky enough right now to be experiencing a lot of young talent. I'd be very interested to hear from, uh, you know, scouting the greats kind of thing, maybe some modern-day Hall of Famers or modern-day super talents. See the stories of the scouts behind them, how they recognize the talent in the early days, and that's really all. Thanks. I'm enjoying the show. Have a great day. Appreciate it, Colin. And one thing that's interesting about that, he mentioned baseball. Baseball scouting's hard. Football scouting's one thing where you go to the different colleges and, you know, you can focus on the SEC and get a lot of talent there or the Big Ten and looking at Ohio State and those various schools. But think about the baseball draft where the Nationals drafted a guy last year out of IMG Academy and then this year they drafted a guy out of Round Rock, Texas. Then they drafted a guy out of LSU out of Miami, and various high schools around the country have numerous draft prospects. That's a lot of work, man, to travel around the country to see the college teams, but then to also know the high schoolers. I guess it's similar in some ways to what the NBA has to do now with international prospects and other things. That would be a fun series, to see how they go about scouting. That's interesting. That'd be a fun one. Two more real quick before we hit a break. I want to get into some Jordan Poole discussion here in just a few minutes. I would love to see playmakers, running backs, receivers. You know, we talk about taking a physical beating. Could you imagine seeing what running backs have to go through every single week, getting hit 20, 30 times where you're carrying the football and them having to recover from that? Again, I think just seeing the recovery process for some of these guys to try and get through a 17-game season would open our eyes a little bit. How frustrated do you get on a fantasy Sunday and you see your running back sitting out and you're like, Come on, dude. I'm going to lose my fantasy matchup because you're not suiting up this week. But then if we saw the behind the scenes where, like, the dude's like, yeah, I got hit in the thigh like six times last week and I can't walk, we might be a little more understanding. You know, I I think if we saw that, we might understand it a little bit more. I think that would be cool to see. And then the other one that I'd like to see as a baseball guy, going back to that, is ace. Starting pitchers. I want to see what their weekly thing is. And there's been some guys that do vlogs. I know we don't talk about this guy much because of some allegations and things against him, Trevor Bauer. I still watch some of his vlogs over in Japan, and he did a little bit of that during the COVID season. And that stuff is cool, but it'd be fun to see other guys going through it. Like, what does Max Scherzer go through every day of the week? Start days, how is he different? You know, we've you've heard stories on this station before about 
how Max is the nicest guy four days out of the week, and then on start day, he's a totally different animal. It'd be cool to see that. You know, you don't have to interview him during a start day. Just watch his routine, see a little bit of what he does, how does he prepare, what is he doing during his bullpen to make sure that he's ready for his next start, what's he doing in the weight room to make sure that he can go through the whole 162-game season. It's so cool to see that behind-the-scenes kind of stuff. How do they balance their family life on a 162-game season when some days you're gone for weeks at a time, you're showing at the ballpark, uh, showing up there at three, four every single night? What's that like? What's the family life like? How do you balance being a, a dad, a husband, and being a baseball player and being a good one at that? I think that'd be a really cool one to see. Short show today, only two hours, so we're going to change topics here. I want to talk about Jordan Poole. Rick Buecher was on the game out in San Francisco right after the 4th of July, had some interesting comments about the end of Jordan Poole's time in Golden State. We'll talk about that next year on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, and the free Odyssey app. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, Odyssey app. Want to give us a call, MGM National Harbor listener lines are open, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener line. Want to tweet at me, at Toby underscore Altizer, T-O-B-I underscore A-L-T-I-Z-E-R. So we're going to take a break from the NFL and that quarterback series. That was a lot of fun to talk about with you guys. I want to talk about this clip that I saw on Twitter. So Rick Buecher was on Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game out in San Francisco, the Odyssey station out there covering 
all the San Francisco sports, specifically the Warriors. And he was on just the, the day after the 4th of July. He's talking about the Jordan Poole incident. Here's what Rick Buecher of FS1 had to say about Jordan Poole. Rick, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm kind of despondent about the departure of Jordan Poole. If you could walk us through the first morning you woke up and you saw that video of Dre hitting him, Dre getting rewarded with four years. We've been hearing about the warrior culture left and right. I thought I knew what it was, but Rick, they couldn't rectify and remedy what was that whole situation. So it doesn't sound like you're a pool fan, but Rick, he was the best insurance policy, and I just hate that he's gone. Yeah, I I do too, but I put that on Jordan Poole. I and I you know like you and probably plenty of Warriors fans or Jordan Poole fans are going to go, oh, what? It's his fault that he got he got cold cocked by Draymond Green, and I guess because I knew and had heard. Like, it didn't start there. Mm. Jordan was on a lot of players' nerves way before that, including Clay's and Steph's. And Draymond was finally the one who tipped the scales and, and went overboard. And I'm not defending at all what he did. But after he did it, Draymond tried everything possible to remedy that situation. And Jordan would have none of it. And I'm just looking at it as, Jordan, you have an opportunity to, to, to learn and succeed Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors and a team that has put its eye on the prize of, of winning championships every chance they can. And... You can't get over this situation with Draymond. When Draymond's going to be gone at some point, and this is going to be yours, you couldn't see the big picture. And and instead, remain difficult. Remain like uh, made sure that that elephant was still in the room. Um, look, mm. uh, the young guy. Uh, I uh, there's a part of me that understands. Maybe he just wasn't mature enough to get around that, but. I, I look at it as who did it cost the most? It cost Jordan Poole the most, as, as I look at it, because mm-hmm. I would far rather be with the Golden State Warriors than the Washington Wizards. I don't care how many shots he's going to get there. Um, and I, I, think it was a, I think it was a blown opportunity by him because everybody tried to make it right, and he wouldn't allow that to happen over the course of this season. And... I can't. I can't take away that that part of it. I can't. You can't unwind the punch. Certainly regrettable, uh, but once it had happened, it's like okay. So how do we fix this? Everybody was willing to do that except Jordan. As at least that's how it appeared to me. That drives me insane, man. How are you blaming Jordan Poole for this? Who punched who? Right? Who punched who? Draymond punched Jordan Poole, and yet Poole is getting blamed for this. And I'm pretty sure that's probably going to continue in San Francisco because now he's gone. So they can make fun of him. A couple of things off of that. Yes, it is possible to have a friendship, uh, a teammate relationship, where a guy gets frustrated with someone else, maybe to the point of even punching them, and you can still work it out. We've seen it before. I believe Shaq and Kobe had a situation like that. They were able to coexist for a while before it bubbled over and Shaq had to go. 
I believe Jordan got into it with Steve Kerr at one point. So maybe Steve Kerr kind of expected Jordan Poole to be in that sort of situation and kind of grow over it. But the reason I have issues with this, the reason that I don't like Rick Buecher basically coming on and victim blaming Jordan Poole, a couple of things. Calling him not mature enough, calling him immature, that's a little rich for me. Draymond Green couldn't deal with the fact that in practice Jordan Poole was talking smack. I'm assuming that's what this is over. He couldn't deal with the fact that Jordan Poole was talking smack. Now, I'm not to say that, I'm not trying to say that Jordan Poole's innocent in this whole thing. There's no doubt that him talking about Poole being on the nerves of Steph and Clay and Draymond and the team, that's obviously an issue. You would have hoped that that could have been settled behind closed doors, but it obviously wasn't. Him talking trash and maybe going over the line, that's not acceptable either. But throwing a punch like that, just straight up punching a dude in the face at practice is completely unacceptable. And you know what? If Jordan Poole does not want to get over that, he has every right to. He has every right to not want to be friends again with a guy that just punched him straight up in the face. Right? He's not, he doesn't have to be the quote-unquote good teammate, be the quote-unquote mature one, and get over the fact that Draymond punched him in the face. There's a couple of things off of this. So one, he punches him in the face. All right? Sure, maybe he could just get over it. But this isn't a situation where the Warriors are going to ever side with Jordan Poole on this. Think about this situation, all right? If I could explain it in terms of here working at the fan. If one of the junkies were to walk up and punch me in the face, for whatever reason, if I was talking smack to him after a show, maybe B-Mitch does it, or maybe Grant or Danny does it, one of the hosts comes up to me and just cold cocks me in the face. I know they're choosing them over me, so why would I go back and be friends with any of them if they just punch me in the face, knowing that they have higher regard than me. Why would I do that? I know that I'm the one that's probably going to have to move on. And that's what happened with this Jordan Poole and Draymond situation. And yet they're blaming Jordan Poole for not being quote-unquote mature enough to get over it. He knows that Steph and Clay are going to say, can you keep Draymond in town? If we move on from Poole, it doesn't really matter. And they did so, so much so, that they said, get him out of town and bring in Chris Paul. And if you know anything about the Warriors and Chris Paul, you know if there was public enemy number one in San Francisco, it's Chris Paul. And they said, eh, we'll take him over Jordan Poole. We're going to bring Draymond back. And I think that was a mistake. I've talked about that before on this station. I think bringing Draymond back four years, $100 million was a mistake. But I just feel like this clip is so wrong in blaming Jordan Poole. And I needed someone to defend him. I needed someone to stand up and say, like, look, man, look, Rick, I understand your point. I do. You're thinking, man, if Poole could have just forgiven Draymond, if Poole could have just figured out a way to mend things over and become besties again with Draymond, or not even besties, just become cordial again, acquaintances, people that aren't butting heads constantly, then he could have taken over the Golden State regime and he could have been the next Steph Curry and he had the opportunity. No. No. Draymond punched him in the face. Okay? There was no way that any of this, especially after last season, was going to end well for 
one of them. Whether it was Draymond moving on and them keeping Jordan Poole or whether it was Jordan Poole moving on and Draymond going back to Golden State. There was no way. And I have no issue with Jordan Poole saying like, you know what, man, I'm, <laughs> I can't deal with this. I have to play with this guy all year. Fine, and I'll do it. But I can't. I can't be all in. I know they're going to choose this guy over me. Why would I be all in again when this guy just physically assaulted me and they're going to choose him over me anyways? So why would I give everything for this when I'm gone anyways? And sure, you can say, well, that's immature of him. That's not looking in the best interest of the team and blah, blah, Whatever, man. Whatever. Whatever. I don't really care. I'm not blaming Jordan Poole for this situation at all. And to hear it like that is just crazy to me. I want to continue talking about this. If you want to hop in, you got some thoughts on what Rick Buecher had to say about Jordan Poole. You can do it next. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. We'll continue talking about this next year on 1067 The Fan, the Team 980, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back. 1067 The Fan, Team 980, live and free on the Odyssey app. Appreciate you guys listening in. 800-636-1067 if you want to... Hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Had a couple messages come in over social media. Brad tweets in and said, staying with baseball, talking about the earlier topic about docuseries, he said catcher would be a fun one. How MLB catcher prepares and deals with all those different pitchers every day. I think that would be a cool one, seeing how much their knees take a beating each and every year, each and every season, 162 games, sitting back there for hundreds of pitches. Yeah. I think that'd be a good one. And then Tony messaged me on Instagram at Toby underscore Altizer, same as on Twitter, said, don't forget it was talking about the Jordan Poole situation, said, don't forget it was not only a punch, it was a sucker punch. Green didn't even have the blank to stand up toe-to-toe with them. He didn't even stand toe-to-toe and face up with them. He just sucker punched them in the face. 100% right. 100% right. And so when I look at this situation and they blame Jordan Poole, it's just wild to me. Let's hear just a little short clip again, them talking about this from in 95-7, the game out in San Francisco. Rick Buecher. It doesn't sound like you're a Poole fan, but Rick, he was the best insurance policy, and I just hate that he's gone. Yeah, I, I do too, but I put that on Jordan Poole. I don't know how you put that on Jordan Poole. I just don't. Why is Poole the one at fault? So I think you've had this in friendship. So just picture this in your own personal life where you've got friends. You might be good friends. But, you know, you, as teammates, you're not always best friends. I know sometimes we get this idea that everyone's like Steph and Clay, where it's like they hang out and they're best friends. And that's not always the case with teammates. If you played a sport, you understand that. There are some guys you're friends with. There are some guys that you're just teammates with. And I would assume that the way things were, Draymond and Jordan Poole were probably just teammates. But just think about this in a relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a work relationship, whatever the case may be. There's a point where a line gets crossed where you're just done. You're just done. Maybe they say something mean about you or your family or they make a crude joke or something that's off color or whatever the case may be. There's sometimes where a line gets crossed and it's just gone too far and you're done. And that's kind of where Jordan Poole was with Draymond Green. Do you think that there was nothing else behind the scenes that happened before this? They were probably talking trash. If Poole went too far, Draymond probably went too far talking trash. You know, It's not like this is probably the first incident these two guys had together. 
you know, that's just part of being teammates at times and guys with big egos and big mouths. That's just going to happen. So not a big deal. But sometimes things go too far, and that's what this was. It went too far. And for people to blame Jordan Poole, for Rick Bucher to go on the game out in San Francisco and blame Jordan Poole, to me, is ludicrous. Because Jordan Poole did not punch Draymond Green. If Jordan Poole had punched Draymond Green, yeah, that would have crossed the line, and there would have been problems. And we would have never heard the end of it. But he didn't. It was Draymond that punched Poole. And again, I'm not saying that Poole didn't play a part in this. There's obviously two sides to every story. But how can you blame Poole being the one that didn't want to get along again with the players, didn't want to get back into the chemistry with Draymond Green? Sometimes you cross a line and you're just not going to forgive it. That happens. That's real life. You've probably had it in your life where someone says something, does something, and you said, yeah, that's it with that guy. You know, it'd be different if you're best friends, right? You probably had things with your best friends. Maybe you got even got into a physical altercation with a best friend at one point. But you can come back and hug it out, and you're all good again, watching football on Sundays with them again. This is different. This is different. Those guys clearly weren't best friends. And then you go about it, and he punches you in the face. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done. I don't want to play basketball anymore with this guy. I don't want to be around this guy anymore. Credit to, for Poole for playing the season out. Well, he didn't give enough effort in the playoffs. Whatever. Okay? Maybe there's some things you'd like to see better from Jordan Poole on his side. Fine. Whatever. Jordan Poole's not perfect either. I get it. But how in the world could you blame Jordan Poole for this whole situation? If you just played that clip, that clip, and took little bits and pieces where he alludes to who threw the punch, who do you think would be that they said through the punch, right? If you played it for someone who had no idea what was going on, no idea what the situation, what the background, what the context was, and you took out the parts where Buker's talking about Draymond throwing the punch, and you showed that to someone, what do you think that they would say? Oh, well, Jordan Poole probably threw a punch at Draymond. But he didn't. He didn't. Draymond threw the punch. And I think the Warriors really messed up here. I really do. Bob Myers was the longtime GM of the Warriors, and he's the one that was building these teams into championship contenders. All right? He's the one that kind of got this whole thing started and got them over the hump and turned them into the dynasty that they've become. He retired this offseason. I don't think that's talked about enough. He retired. Mike Dunleavy's now the GM. And part of the reason I think Bob Myers retired, they can give you other reasons. They can talk about family time, whatever. Maybe that's part of the reason. But I think the big reason, the majority of why he decided he was done, is he didn't want to have to make the tough decisions. He didn't want to have to tell Draymond Green, sorry, dude, you're past your prime. Adios. And that's why I think they made a huge mistake this offseason. Four years, $100 million for Draymond Green at this point in his career? Really? Triple single? $100 million? 25 a year? I don't know, man. I, I, I'm i not paying that guy that. Think about the run that the Patriots had with Tom Brady. Think about what they did routinely. They chose the one guy that was going to be the mainstay, the star, the guy that made the whole thing run, Tom Brady. Never moved on from him, although they did frustrate him at the end, and that's why he ultimately left and went to Tampa. But think about the way they ran the organization. 
cutthroat. Not fun. Not always the best relationships. But it was cutthroat. How? If a player was getting to a contract and they realized he was getting closer to the end than he was being in his prime. All right, see ya. Think of Chandler Jones. He let that guy walk. And then he goes on and has spectacular seasons. But by the end of the contract, wasn't good. They did that with numerous players where they said, hey, man, we're not going to pay you. You might have one good year somewhere else, two good years, but that four-year deal you're signing, it's not going to be worth it by year three and four. Adios. We'll find someone else. We'll work around it. I think Steve Kerr's a good enough coach. They could find ways around. I think working with Jordan Poole and finding ways around, they could have done it. They could have found some way to improve production from that power forward spot and give you something that Draymond gave you. There's no doubt losing him is a big part of what the Warriors are. He's a bit of a tone setter for the Warriors. But you're telling me they couldn't have found something more? I think they made a big mistake here. I think the only guy that's really at that level still is Steph Curry. It's crazy because they just won a championship two years ago. But I think Steph is still on the top of his game. Steph is arguably the best he's ever been at this point. Because he can do so much on the basketball court. He can shoot from anywhere. I don't need to explain everything about why Steph is so good to you. But I think Steph's still on the top of his game. That could be the Tom Brady type guy. Where you still build around him. But Clay, I'm sorry man. I think you've uh, hit the wall. You're still a good basketball player. You're not a championship-level player anymore. And for the amount we're going to have to pay you, we need championship-level players. Hey, man, Dre, it's been a fun run, man. I think it's time. I think it's time to move on. If I was given the choice between the two, because it was clear that Draymond and Jordan Poole weren't coexisting ever again, I would have taken Poole. I would have. I know that he's maybe not the ideal championship player because of the way that he plays the game at times. But I'd take the upside there over Draymond Green. And I think the Warriors are going to find themselves in a rough spot here when they have these aging veterans that are no longer championship-level players that are legends in San Francisco, and rightfully so, that are Warriors legends and will have their numbers retired and their names put up in the rafters, but they're just rotting around a still good Steph Curry. And Steph just looks around and like, where's my help? Well, your help is $25 million going to Draymond. Your help is Clay Thompson, who can no longer play at the level he once did because of injuries. Your help is an aging Chris Paul, whose career has one foot in the grave, one foot on a banana peel. That's your help. And that's just not enough. That's not enough. He's not getting through the Nuggets. He's not getting through even the Lakers. I'm sorry. I think they made a big mistake this offseason. Going to take a break here. I want to continue talking about the NBA. They got something stupid coming into the NBA next year. Stupid. In-season tournament? I think it's the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. I'll tell you why next here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 